Lord, our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for our church. We thank you for your man of God, Father. We thank you for he's with us this morning with your message, Lord. And help us to be listeners and doers, Father. Lord, prepare our hearts, Lord. Give us that wisdom to understand and Lord, discern what you have to speak to us this morning. And receive, Lord. We praise and thank you because you are with us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Nice to be with you. Want to speak to you this morning about hearing the voice of God, hearing God's voice. It's what we all want all the time, especially when it comes to something we have a question about. Uh, we pray about it and we want God to speak to us. Um, but God speaks not in an audible voice, does he? He speaks to our hearts. So I thank Nikki for that last minute testimony there. Um, that was it in its simplicity, wasn't it? She asked God and God spoke. She never said that God spoke. She said she, she felt that she should look there or it was an impression upon her heart. Well, that's really what hearing the voice of God is. God just impresses upon us. We ask him, we talk to him, and he presses upon us his words. It's spirit to spirit. God expects us to hear his voice. Not just when we have a problem or a crisis, God is expecting us to listen to him every day, several times a day, throughout the day. God expects us to live in a relationship with him, a loving relationship. After all, he asks us to love him with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. And we would say that's how he loves us. And then to think that he doesn't communicate with the one that he loves so much seems a bit ridiculous to me. He loves us, and in that he wants to communicate with us constantly, all of the time. And we have to discover how to hear the voice of God and to walk with him on a continual basis. I want to point you to a couple of uh, passages of scripture, first in the Old Testament, then in the New, to show you that God has always wanted to talk to us always wanted to commune with us. The first is in Exodus 15 and 26. It says, he said, if you listen carefully, there's a giveaway there, isn't it? You see, in hearing God, there has to be careful listening going on. I think the Hebrew word there is to listen listening. It doesn't make sense in English, so they put listen carefully. We have to listen carefully to the voice of God. If we're too busy doing stuff and there's so much going on around us, we won't hear him. Listen carefully, he said, to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes. There's another little giveaway there. To hear God, we have to walk right before him. It's all together here, you see, listening carefully and walking right. If we're walking wrong, we won't hear God speak. Then he says, if you pay attention to his commands 
and keep all his decrees. You go, that's a tall order. Well, it's not really. John says quite famously, I give you a new command, he says in his letter. But he says, it's not a new command. We've had this command from the beginning. There is only one command. It is that we love. When you think of the Ten Commandments, you think of all these rules and regulations, perhaps that you think that God wants us to keep. No, no. He says, I just want you to love. I want you to love me with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and then to love your neighbour. So when he talks about if you pay attention to his commands, it's simple. We just walk in love. We walk in love, we listen carefully, and we do what's right. That's what God requires of us. It's been there from the beginning. That's from Exodus, the second book in the Bible, all the way through, as we walk with God in right, in love, carefully listening, we will always hear the voice of God. Not just now and then when we want to, uh, excuse me, Nicky, find our keys or do this or do that. No, no, he speaks all of the time. As we walk in the presence of God, we hear his voice. We get a similar thing in Jeremiah. There are lots and lots of passages of scripture I could turn you to. It says this in Jeremiah 7, 22 and 23, and I'll jump down to a verse 26. For when I brought your forefathers out of Egypt and I spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I gave them this command, obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in all the ways I command you, that it may go well with you. Again, all the commands I give you. Don't be frightened by that. I just want you to love. That's what I want you to do. I want you to walk in love with one another. This says down in verse 26 of that same passage in Jeremiah. But they did not listen to me or pay attention. To my word. So God stops speaking to them. It's simple. Have you ever been in a situation where you're talking to someone and they're not listening to you? What do you do? Do you keep on talking? Some people manage to. <laughs> Some people don't care that no one's listening to them. They just keep making the noise. They just keep talking. I mean, I've met a number of these people in my life and it's like, well, if I got up and went away, it wouldn't make any difference. They would still keep talking because that's not normal, is it? Normally, if someone's not listening to you, you just don't bother talking anymore. You think, well, there's no point. I'm not talking for the sake of it. I'm talking that I might communicate something to somebody. See, if we're not attentive to God, if we're not walking in the way that he's called us to walk, he won't talk to us. He knows our mind is somewhere else. We're thinking about something else. We're not really interested in what he's saying. We're perhaps interested in what we want to do. And so God fails to talk to us. It's a priority that we hear the voice of God. And it's important that we pay attention and walk in the way that he's called us to do it. If we fast forward now to the New Testament... I want to read the passage where Jesus talks about listening to him many times. John 10, 
John 10, verses 3 to 5, first of all. It says, the watchman opens the gate for him. That's Jesus opening the gate for us. And the sheep, that's us, we listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. See, if we're going to follow the Lord, we must hear his voice. We follow him because we hear his voice. If you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, you're not following him. That's what he's driving at here. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. He says, my sheep... God wants to speak to each one of us personally. Every one of us. Remember when the nation of Israel, God wanted to send them out as a nation of priests, he said, into the world. He said, prepare yourselves, get yourselves all ready, and come up the mountain and meet me. And it says they were terrified. And they pulled themselves back. And they said, Moses, you go up the mountain for us. You listen to God, and when God has spoken to you, you come down and tell us what God has said. God never intended that. He wanted them all to come up the mountain, where God would meet with all of them face to face. God would speak to all of them as one man speaks to another man and send them out as a royal priesthood into the world. But they said no. See, you might think, well, I'll go to church and I'll ask the pastor what God thinks about this. That's fine, but you should be hearing God yourself, you understand? We can't push it off to someone else. Under the new covenant, we've all been gathered in. The Holy Spirit dwells within each one of us. God wants to speak to each one of us directly, personally in our lives. If you have a question or, or you're not sure about something, of course go to mature Christians, go to elders, go to pastors and say, I, I don't understand this, can you explain this to me? You have experience perhaps, can you tell me, am I thinking the right thing? I would always agree with that. But God has given his spirit that we might personally hear the voice of God. Jesus then goes on a little later in that chapter and he says this, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. He's talking about there are the people of God under the old covenant of Israel. But he said, there will be a new people that I'm going to gather in from the Gentile people. That's us. I have other sheep that are not of this pen, sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. We will listen to his voice, he says. They will listen, if they're to follow me, they will listen to my voice. And then later in the end of the chapter, he says in John 10 now and 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. He said three times, the sheep listen to his voice they too will listen to my voice, and my sheep listen to my voice. We call conversation with God, we call it prayer. I've 
listened to lots of people praying, and of course, uh, studied the whole subject and looked at it and thought of it and prayed myself a lot. And I'm thinking back how I thought that prayer was simply petitioning God and asking God for the things I needed. He was my supplier, he was my everything, and so I would come and make petition to God. And so in my mind growing up, prayer was always about asking God for something. Now, there is a part of prayer that is asking for God, or asking God for things, but that's not the big part of prayer. The biggest part of prayer is listening to what God has to say to me. There's a sense in which we don't have to talk to God. He said he knows what we're going to say before we said it. He can read our hearts, our thoughts. So in one sense, what I say is not that important. But what he says is what's important. So prayer isn't just about let's pray. And so we, we offer our petitions and walk away thinking we've prayed. We haven't prayed. We've petitioned we need to listen to what he has to say. My experience is when I pray, I don't get an answer. You say, Philip, you're contradicting what you're saying. No, I'm not. As I move away from that prayer time, I'm open to God all the time for him to speak to me. I've petitioned him. I've requested something of him. It's now up to God. And so I am moving in an attitude of hearing and receiving what God has to say. I've got to maintain that because I don't know when God's going to speak. I don't know when, he, when he's going to show me. He might do it instantly. He did for Nikki. She didn't have any time to waste, did she? She had to get the keys quick. So he responded quickly. But many times when we pray, we don't necessarily want an answer instantly. We just know that he's heard. And in that process now of constantly being open to him, God will speak to us. Speak into our hearts. I thought it interesting where Jesus is teaching this his emphasis is on listening all the time. Well, you say, don't be silly, Philip. He couldn't say they spoke because his illustration was sheep. And we know that sheep can't speak. They can make some barring noises, uh, but they couldn't speak. But Jesus was careful in picking his illustration because he knew we could speak a lot, but what we couldn't do is listen well. That's why the emphasis here in this chapter three times is my sheep, listen, listen, listen. That's what we must do. Listen to what he has to say. This conversation of both speaking and listening. I, in my mind, think when I'm talking to someone, I think it should be 50-50. When someone speaks to me, they should shut up sufficiently for me, let me speak equally back to them. It's a good rule. So if you talk a lot, can I just give you that one? Just stop and let others respond to you. And please don't be thinking about what you're going to say next. No, listen to what they have to say because actually what they're saying is that it might be a little bit more important than what you're saying. And that's how God often talks to us through others. 
through listening to them, we learn more than speaking. There's a sense in this is the word of God. This is what they call the full counsel of God. There's a couple of words in the Greek for word. There's the word logos and the word rhema. It's as though this is the logos. This is the full counsel of God. It's all here. It's all here. You want to know an answer to something? It's all here. The full counsel of God is given here. Do you know it all? I don't know. Even if you read it for the rest of your life and a hundred more lives, you still wouldn't know the full counsel of God. And God knows that. That's the Logos. So what God does, knowing that we don't know it all, he speaks to us the bits that we need on a particular day. So he knows what we have need of. And he speaks to us. That word, the Bible has another word for it. They call it the rhema. The spoken word of God. So this is the full counsel of God. Sometimes when I read the full counsel of God, God says very little to me. It's his counsel. It's truth. There are precious things in here. But then maybe I'm reading it, and one particular verse or line or a couple of words or one word seems to jump off the page to me. It arrests me in my reading, and I look at it, and that's where God is speaking, you see, from his word. He doesn't only speak from his word. One of his primary ways of talking to us, obviously, is through his word, but he speaks. See, when God speaks, we know. We know in our spirit that God is speaking to us. God just speaks enough to show us the next step. We don't need to hear anymore. We just need to know the next step. There's a verse in Psalm 119 that says this, in 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, God can show us the path ahead. He can illuminate it, but we don't know all the steps. And it could be a long path. He could tell you something that's going to happen in five or ten years' time. We don't know. We might be looking at something. But he says, don't worry. I will speak to you every day, and I will light up the step that you have to take. He just shows us sufficient for today, and then tomorrow, and then the next day. One of the reasons he does that, because he wants you to keep going back to him and asking him to keep coming back to him and say, now where do I go? Now where do I go? Not because you're stupid, not because you couldn't contain a few steps, but he longs to just walk with you through it every step of the way. So you might have this big question you're asking God, what do I do about this? And he says, I'll give, give you today what you to do today. In Matthew he says, don't worry about tomorrow, I'll illuminate today. That's sufficient. I'll just show you today. And God speaks to us like that on a continual daily basis. So we need not be anxious for anything. We need not worry about anything. We just need to know what today's steps are. 
and we'll come back again, Lord, for tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after. As I thought about this, I was taken back to that time when Jesus was led of the Spirit, you remember, baptized, and the Spirit came upon him and led him into the wilderness, and, and Satan came to tempt him and said things to him. You remember his response. He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I like the way that it emphasized the mouth of God. Something that God says. He speaks to us. Without God speaking, you will spiritually dry up and die. In the same way, if you don't take food on a regular basis, this is the point he's making, you will shrivel up and die. You feed yourself every day to keep physically strong and, and, and agile, so we need the word of God to minister to us every day. We need to hear God speak into our hearts. Then I was thought of when they went to Jesus and said, will you teach us how to pray? Remember, prayer is not simply a petition of you asking God, but prayer is a two-way thing. And remember what he said, give us this day our daily bread. So you put the two together and as we go to him on a daily basis, or even a moment-by-moment -moment basis, as we walk with him, he feeds us, he speaks to us, and he ministers to the spiritual man within us. When did you last hear God speak to you? Was it this morning when you got out of bed? Was it while you were drinking a cup of coffee? Was it on the way to church? Was it sitting in this service? See, God has been wanting to talk to us all the time. And he is talking to us. All of the time, God is ministering to us. Speaking to us. Relating to us. Loving with Communing with us. Fellowshiping with us. And so we have to make ourselves attentive to him. Pay attention, he says. Listen carefully to the things I have to say. Speak in words of direction, words of encouragement, words of promise, teaching us how to pray, telling us what to pray. Remember, Paul says, often I go to prayer and I don't know what to pray. And so I call upon the Spirit to even show me what I am supposed to pray about when I go to prayer. We need him, you see, desperately talking to us all the time. God needs to talk to us. Have you made some foolish decisions in your life? I mean, really crazy ones. Is that because you didn't listen to the voice of God? Not that God wouldn't have led you sometimes into some difficult places. I understand that. And, and, and things that you thought, well, I, we prayed about this and I'm sure God said this. And look now how it's all going terribly wrong. Sometimes it appears to go terribly wrong. But you've made some real faux pas in life by not talking and listening to the voice of the Lord your God it wasn't all in his will it wasn't what he planned for you you simply were not listening to the voice of the Lord your God 
I often think of how Jesus fellowship with God and how Adam fellowship with God. We know Adam, it says that God spoke to him every day. That's what it says. God was continually speaking with Adam. Before the fall, God and Adam and Eve, they had this wonderful relationship where God spoke freely to them. They heard him all the time. And then we know that during the fall, there was this tearing apart, this separation of man, woman, and God. They were driven out of the garden. This this ability to fellowship with God was broken through Christ. It's been restored. Then I thought of the relationship that Christ had with his father. It says he went off often uh, at night or into the desert or a lonely place to pray. Have you ever, li- ever listened to what that prayer meeting was all about? I've imagined. See, I don't think he was ever asking God for stuff. I don't think he was. See, I think he had such a relationship with God, he knew the heart and mind of his father, so he didn't have to ask. He knew what the will of God was. That's the wonderful thing with growing up as a Christian. As we get to know God more and live with God and walk with God and share our lives with God and read his word, we know what God would say. We know it. We know what he would tell us to do. We understand that. We're in harmony with him. So it says that Jesus constantly was hearing what God wanted him to do. He, he could see what God would do in every situation. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. That wasn't just there and then. He knew in his life what it was like. As we fellowship with God, as we give our lives wholly to him, we know what God would have us to do. We know the decisions to make. We know the steps to take. We're not blind and ignorant and foolish. As we grow up in Christ, as we walk with him on a daily basis, we understand. So our prayer becomes a time of worship and adoration to God. Thanking him thanking him all the time for the truth that he's laid in our hearts. To step forward, we must take steps of faith. Faith means you've heard God. To step out and not have heard God is not a step of faith. It's a step of presumption. It's a step of foolishness. Don't do it. Don't do it. We need to walk by faith. It says, what is not a faith is sin. So we walk having heard the voice of God. We walk in harmony with God in our lives. What does the voice of God sound like? It's a voice that speaks directly into our spirit. Um, as you've been a Christian sometime, you get to know the voice of God. My sheep, it says, know my voice. How do they know his voice? Because they listen to him and they recognize his voice. And if someone else calls them and tells them to go somewhere, they don't listen to him. See, we get to know the voice of God, but it's by practice. 
is by listening with our spirit to him. We listen. He speaks to us, as I said, from his scriptures. God sometimes speaks to us through a sermon. He might have even spoke to you this morning. Said something to you. Just one word of of all that I've said, maybe I'll speak for half an hour. You go home with one phrase. What did Philip say? Oh, he said this. Did he say anything else? I didn't hear anything else. I just heard this. That's That's the bit you're supposed to hear. You understand? Just the bit you're supposed to hear. The bit where God speaks through me, but it's amplified in your spirit by the spirit of God. The spirit in me harmonizes with the spirit in you and you go he said this I got that I had a question about this and now God has answered that question he speaks through any anything and everything I've discovered you could be watching television and there he is something happens and said and you go I thought God spoke to me you could see him on a billboard someone could ring you up over the phone and you've been asking a question and they don't know but they answer the very question you've been asking because the spirit of God moves to accommodate us to speak to us he facilitates us in this whole business sometimes he doesn't need any prompt he doesn't need any person to support him he just comes along and speaks into your heart I've discovered a time when God speaks to me more than any other time. It's when I wake up in the morning. If I, when I go to sleep at night, I focus on God and I go to sleep with questions often or requirements of God. And when I wake in the morning, just that waking up time, God speaks to me at that time. It's almost like I'm coming out of sleep into awake and I hear the voice of God clearly now that's me that might not happen to you that's me and so God speaks into my heart that way you should have a place where God speaks to you you could say this is how God speaks to me he's spoken to me so many times in this way I know that God is speaking to me I know his voice I know his direction in my life I know it as God speaks Faith comes into our heart. You just know what you know. Faith comes by hearing. So when God has spoken, you go, I know it's true. I just know it's true. I pray for people sometimes, and God has said to me, I've healed them. And I know. I know they've been healed because God has spoken. So when I walk away, I know. I don't question it, I doubt it. It could be quite often when I pray, God says nothing. So I walk away, not knowing, believing that he heard, hoping that he will do something, but there's no faith. Do you understand? To have faith, God must speak. If God doesn't speak, there's no faith. There's no faith. You can believe something to be true in God's word, but God needs to speak it to you to it become a reality in your heart. Faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the words of Christ. Not just the logos, but the rima word spoken to our hearts.
can we improve it? Well, coming to the close now. Number one, expect God to speak. Expect him. Expect before the day's out, he will have spoken to you at least two or three times. If you go, oh, I just get on with my business, no expectation, then you won't hear him. Not that he's not speaking, but you won't hear him. We must expect God to speak to us. It says, for the word of God is living and active. It's alive today. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. What a verse of expectation. God, I expect you to speak to me. Why am I preaching on this subject this morning? I got up one day, and I felt an impression in my spirit to preach on this subject. That's why you're getting it. I wouldn't dare do anything else. I want to say to you what I believe God wants to say, what God wants to clarify in your mind, to move you forward, as it were. We must pay attention. I read that in those Old Testament verses. There's another one in Proverbs 4 and 20. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say and listen closely to my words. Just reiterating what those other verses said. I love this, what he says to Daniel. This is in Daniel 10 and 12. He says, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were healed. Oh, sorry, your words were heard. So there's two conditions, it says here, by which God hears us. One is that we walk humbly, humbly before our God, and we want to gain understanding. Then he will speak to us. Give God time to answer. Be patient. Be quiet. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. We want the answer instantly, don't we? So we don't have to worry about anything anymore. No, no. God says, be still, be quiet, and I will answer. He says in Psalm 62, My soul rests in God alone. My salvation will come from him. If you've asked, then be quiet and wait for the answer to come. It might not be the answer you want, but he's faithful and he will speak to you. Lastly, just a few little guides here. How can we be sure it's God speaking? Everything he says will line up with his word. If he says something that appears to you odd and weird, you can check it out in his word. If you're not satisfied with that, you can look for the circumstances of life. Because when God speaks, the circumstances pertaining to that start to move around you, start to shift. God does the supernatural around you. Usually, God's word gives you peace in your heart. That's not to say that you wouldn't have apprehension. But that's not fear. You'll have a peace that might be linked with apprehension. If God said to you, you were wanting to get married, and God said, um, I want you to marry that person, your heart might be filled with um, 
uh, not fear or dread, but it might be filled with apprehension. Is this God really speaking? This is a big decision in my life. You know, I'm worried about this. Well, there's some of that, but overriding that is the peace of God when God speaks. If fear floods your heart, I would take a step back and wait on God to see what God has to say. As I said before, you can check things out with mature Christians. And the last thing we need to do is practice and practice and practice. So we walk every day hearing and knowing the voice of God. That's what God requires of us. That's what God wants to do, that he can lead us in peace in our lives. Let me pray for you together now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you care so much for us. Uh, When we think of who you are, I mean, you just fill the whole universe and yet somehow you can zoom right down onto us and you hear everything and you see everything that we're doing and your desire is to walk with us and to talk with us and to minister into our lives. It just, it's too much for us to comprehend but it's a reality because you've said it in your word. And so, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to be patient, to be expectant, to speak to you, to learn how to hear your voice, to walk in love, Lord, to keep the commands, to walk right before you, that we might enjoy a life of walking in the presence of God and hearing you constantly. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.